0: Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with Crystal, your weekly dose of inspiration sprinkled with a dash of practical solutions. I'm Dr. Crystal, your host. I hope you all had a great week, and I hope today you're off to an amazing start to this new week. In today's segment, we're going to jump right into part two of discovering your God assigned purpose a godly transformation. Are you aware that God has a plan for each and every one of us? And that plan is as unique and as individual as we all are? After all, Jeremiah 29 verses 11 through 12 say, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me. And come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. As we discussed last week in part one, God's calling, there are four steps to finding your godly purpose. Step one, survey where you are in your walk with God. Step two, pray for guidance and direction. Step three, establish relationships with others who are focused on God. And step four, Identify and change things in your life that are not in line with God's word. So once you've completed those four steps, you may ask, okay, now what? Where do we go from here? Well, Romans 12, verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. To be transformed is to change in your form, your external appearance, structure, the way you're made up, your very essence, your way of thinking and being. It's to have a complete metamorphosis, a profound and complete change. So when you begin to go through a godly transformation, It will be noticeable in many ways, but there are three areas that I would like to touch on today. Those are thoughts and actions, outer appearance, and reception by others, right? Thoughts and actions, outer appearance, and reception by others. So thoughts and actions. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 reads, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Think about it for a moment. You may not have begun to physically age as you embark on living your godly purpose, but you're growing spiritually, and this should be evident. Think about it for a moment. Are you still comfortable holding the same conversations you had before you began this journey? Do you still entertain thoughts and desires that are not aligned with God's word? When faced with tough decisions, are you still using worldly standards to make your decisions? Or have you begun to seek out advice and study what the scriptures say about your personal situation? So thoughts and actions is one way that your godly transformation will be evident. The second way, outer appearance, right? That's another way where the transformation should be evident. Let's consider Moses' appearance after he spent time with God. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 29, it says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. He wasn't aware, right? But those around him saw it. How is it with you? Doing your interactions with others? Is it clear to them that, you know, by your attitude and by your speech, that you're reading your Bible, you know, that you're praying, that you're spending time with God. What about in your everyday appearance? Can others tell, you know, simply by your style of dress that you're seeking God's approval, that you're not attempting to gain approval, you know, from the world? And, I'm, guys, I'm not talking about, you know, being covered head to toe. That, that's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying, you know, are are you choosing to present yourself in a godly manner or you know are you focused more on showing what god gave you to get you know approval from the world how about simply where you appear do you frequent places that would reflect your desire to walk in your godly purpose or are you living a double life you know do you act a certain way with your church friends or your godly friends, but then you have this whole other group of friends somewhere where you act different, you dress different, you frequent different places. You know, when you show up, are you being your authentic self? You're allowing that godly transformation to reflect. So the third thing, reception by others. I would like for us to take a walk through Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, as we look at the transformation of a demon-possessed man. The scriptures began by saying, they went across the lake to the region of the Gresnes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Now would you say this is someone that others would look to for guidance and counsel? I don't think so, right? It appears that He's a forgotten man, a man cast aside because man's way could not change him. The scriptures go on to say when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. When taking a closer look, we see a man who's aware of Jesus, right? He recognized Jesus from a distance. We see a man who was not too prideful To acknowledge Jesus. You know, and I know you may say, well, what did he have to lose? But think about it. What do we have to lose when in our prideful states, right, we attempt to fix ourselves instead of turning to God? The scriptures say a large herd of pigs were feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. So if we recall from last week's segment, Isaiah 55 verses 10 through 11 tell us that God's word does not come back empty. And we read also in Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 through 11, That God ensures us that if we ask, it will be given to us. And guys, we see those scriptures come to life right here with this demon-possessed man. A man shut away from society and forced to live among the caves. He humbly begs Jesus to send the demons into a herd of pigs and his request is immediately granted. I don't recall reading where Jesus said he had to think about it or that the man should perform so many acts of righteousness before his request was granted, right? It was immediately granted. So let's continue. It says those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. They were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people that what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. I want to pause right here just for a moment to point something out. Not everyone will accept your changes. Not everyone will have faith in the person that you're becoming. We see here this man was living in the caves, bound by chains. Jesus changed him. But some of the people begged Jesus to leave their region because they were afraid. So often, People around us are so used to the status quo. They're so used to us being that one way. That when we begin to change and move in a direction that's positive, move in that godly direction, they just don't get it because it challenges something in them. And they would rather stay with what they know. But I encourage you guys today, do not let that stop your progress. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 through 19, saying, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. I encourage you, do not become saddened if the onlookers don't readily acknowledge or accept your changes. The scriptures go on to say, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. So we see the humility in the heart of this man right here. He recognizes that he had nothing to do with his change, but that Jesus made all the difference in his life. He also was humble enough to accept the instructions that were given to him. Instead of becoming discouraged because Jesus didn't allow him to join him, the scriptures say he went away and he began to tell in all the Decapolis what Jesus had done for him. Now stop for a moment. He didn't just go to his family. He didn't just go to his close friends. The scriptures say he went to the Decapolis. And the Decapolis was a district that was on the east and the southeast of the sea of Galilee and it contained 10 cities whose residents were primarily Greeks, right? And it says all the people were amazed. So he didn't just go home. He didn't just go back to his hometown. Imagine wherever you are, wherever you may live in the, you know, in the world. Imagine your city And the ten surrounding cities. He told all of those around him. And it says all of those were amazed. What about you? Are you becoming a godly influence on those around you? Do you find others beginning to seek you out for guidance and counsel? Are the changes you're making noticeable in your everyday life? As we come to the end of our time together this morning, I encourage you to keep in mind, when you begin to go through a godly transformation, it will be noticeable, right? It will be noticeable in many ways, but there are three key areas where those changes will be evident. And those are thoughts and actions, outer appearance, and reception by others. So my challenge to you this week, be mindful of how you spend your time, the lives you impact, and the legacy you're forming. This concludes our time for today. Please tune in again Sunday, January 15th for a Coffee with Crystal. And remember, God is a God of grace, and each new day provides us with the opportunity to begin again. Choose God, and may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life.